All right, episode whatever, take 56. Hopefully we got it squared away that time. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Top DAT Podcast. I'm the Uplift Athletic Trainer, Dr. Brandon Holland. And I am the Unapologetic AT, Dr. Donita Valentine. This is going to be so much fun. Uh, technology been wearing us out the last three weeks. But. Yes, it has. We are in there. We are ready. Back. Thank you for bearing with us. We're still becoming experts at this podcast thing, but we're having a lot of fun along the way. Wow. So should we dig in with our, with our social media shout outs? Yes, we should. Okay. <laughs> so we would like to shout out all of our listeners who like shared or followed us on IG, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. I'm going to give a special shout out to Mr. Tim Wilkins um, for getting up close and personal and sharing his time as an athlete and also sharing um, what it was like coming back from a career ending injury. We'll also, also like to give a special shout out to Ms. Gabrielle Cheney, um, who follows the podcast and has been listening and was uh, touched by the workplace bullying episode. And I want to give her a very special shout out um, and just send some good energy and thoughts of encouragement and triumph to help her push through and keep climbing high mountains. So thank you, Gabrielle Cheney. And thank you for reaching out and following us and listening. Yes. indeed. I'd also like to give us, sorry, okay. I'd like to also give a shout out to trainer shell um, for giving us a follow on IG. And don't forget to give us a comment, like, or follow on the Podbean platform at top Awesome. Also, since you're on social media and you like us and we like you, why don't you give us a like, a follow, and a share at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the underscore top underscore DAT and on LinkedIn at top dash DAT one. We really appreciate it. So um, recap of last week, we already mentioned uh, we had Mr. Tim Wilkins on the show, Mr. All Everything, uh, Athlete of the Year, Man of the Decade, human being of the millennium. This is a great guy, uh, really fun to talk to and um, had interesting conversation about his history as an athlete and him, uh, his experience with athletic training with playing football and baseball in college and, and in high school. And of course he talked about the career in, ending neck injury and, and what life was like a little bit after that. But um, that was a blast. And especially because for those of you who don't know, Tim is not much of a talker. So the fact that we had absolutely him, not the fact that we had him on a on a on a podcast just speaking to us for like an hour to me is still kind of mind blowing. But shout out to Tim, thank you for spending your time with us, brother. Welcome. Uh, anytime you want to join the podcast, we'd love to have you back. We could talk about some more stuff. Absolutely, thank you so much, Tim. All right. So what do we have for what's new in athletic training? All right. So the Mid-Atlantic Athletic Trainers Association is pleased to be able to offer a video series of continuing education. The program will be the same format as the virtual video series as the 2020 CE Opportunities with 13 videos on a variety of topics 
um, for one hour of Category A continuing education units. The price remains $10 per video, and all 13 are available for a special package price of $100. Six of the videos are favorites from last year, so if you watched them and took the assessment last year, they cannot count for CEUs this year. Or if you can purchase seven videos that are new this year for uh, $50. And registration actually opened today, Monday, May 17th, and will close on Thursday, June 17th. And the deadline to submit the CE virtual video surveys for the MAATA Virtual Continuing Education is Sunday, June 20th, 11.59. Also, um, the 2021 NATA Virtual Clinic and Symposia and AT Expo platform goes live on June 22nd with educational programming. The AT Expo free communications, posters, peer engagement opportunities, and events. On-demand educational programming begins June 25th with live exhibits, posters, and peer engagement opportunities continuing through September 30th. View the schedule at a glance and register for BNATA 2021 today. So we spend a lot of time plugging um, our district information and our national uh, information. So if you um, or your district has something coming up and you just want to send us a message on LinkedIn or IG for us to get it out there. We love to do that for you. Or if you are an athletic trainer who kind of does your own thing and has um, your own continuing education, your, your own um, courses that you offer and you would like um, for us to shout those out for you, please hit us up and we'd like to get that going for you. Awesome. Yes, indeed. Always down to promote. Wow. So I see that we have next our stories and shenanigans, but I think um, in light of the story we're going to cover, uh, maybe we should introduce our guest first. Is that appropriate? I think so. Okay. Should. All right. We have, so, we have a great one today. We do. We have... Mrs. Xavion Santiago, who is currently the athletic trainer for School Out Walls High School in D.C. with D.C. Public Schools, where she is also a member of the Athletic School Chapter Advisory Committee. She graduated in back in 2010 from High Point University with a Master of Science in Sports Studies and she, where she was an active member of the Black Student Union, and she was an ACI for the undergraduate program. She received her Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology from Temple University um, in 2007, where she was um, a member of the Organization of Athletic Training Students, She was the, where she was the president, and she was a member of the National Dean's List. She is currently the incoming NATA EDAC representative for the Mid-Atlantic Athletic Trainers Association, where she seeks to serve the Mid-Atlantic Athletic Trainers Association by representing the voice of the District 3 Ethnic Diversity Advisory Committee at the national level. So with no further ado, please help me give a warm welcome to Mrs. Xavion Santiago. All right. Yes, indeed. Clap it up. <laughs> Huge round of applause for Mrs. Xavier Santiago. 
Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me. I love your sound effects. <laughs> I'm over here trying to hold back my giggling so it wouldn't come up until after I was introduced. <laughs> but I'm so humbled and honored to be one of your guests. When Donita asked me, I was like, me? You want to talk to me? Of course I'm not I want to talk to you. <laughs> I just, I'm always so humbled. I'm like, I don't, I don't have anything interesting to say, but I do. I do mm-hmm. on this topic. You do. <laughs> You have a lot to talk about, not even on this topic. Xavier and Spicebar is one of the most interesting people I have ever met. Um, one of her claims to fame is that she is a small wonder, but she always has all the snacks. I always have actually. So one of my teams that I work closely with, just because we, um, and I work closely with all my teams at School Without Walls, but we don't have football, so kind of like our, big man on campus, I guess, is the baseball team. And uh, the coach honors everyone with a nickname, and my nickname is Snacks. Because I always <laughs> have Snacks. I always have Smallest, smallest person anywhere I go, but I will always have Snacks. Or I always has a snack. Actually, one well, of the reasons my is- husband married me. <laughs> our, our first date, I had Snacks in my bag. And he's like, I knew, I knew you were the one right then. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Snacks. That is awesome. And, and on that note, I want to see if you have tried. So, you know, Kind Bars, right? I do. So, they have an ice cream version. Ooh. Amazing. Oh, I have to add that to the grocery list. Gonna have to add that. Amazing. I've never had Instagram also like knows me, and they just said, do you know how Instagram, social media, if you don't turn off, everything in your phone stuff pops up so I keep getting snacks <laughs> like uh, ads and the last one that I saw that seemed interesting was they're making spicy goldfish so that's on my oh. list to find or Frank's okay. Red Hot Goldfish and now Kind Bar Ice Cream is going wow. on my grocery list Frank's Red Hot Goldfish mm-hmm. yeah I'll let you know are how they are as soon as I find are it. you serious they wow really put that S word on everything huh Yep. Wow. <laughs> wow. So the kind bars, I'm not getting any kickbacks from kind, but if I could get them in the form of the ice cream bars, I would definitely take them. <laughs> um, but the first time I had one, I was like, oh, snap. This is a plant-based, but this definitely tastes like <laughs> the real deal. I was like, well, I'm going to recheck the ingredients list after I finish eating this. <laughs> but <laughs> it was still all plant based. The um the ice cream in it is either almond milk based or um peanut uh milk based depending on they have two varieties. One is the almond and one is peanut. So whatever one you get, um that's the type of milk they use for the ice cream. But uh, they are they taste like the Snickers ice cream bars. Mm-hmm. Yes. But with 17 grams of sugar only. So, well, not sugar, um, carb, carbohydrates. Right <laughs> now, right now on the grocery list <laughs> for tomorrow. Glad I could be of service. I'm going to have to hide them in the broccoli bag from the children but, and the husband. I might share one with him. Yeah, because there's definitely only five in the box. Um, no, that's not going to work over here. So I definitely going to have to buy a, bro- a bag of broccoli and hide it behind that. They'll never know. They'll never know. 
<laughs> putting all your secrets out there. Yeah. So, um, X, can you also, Xavion <laughs> also sometimes goes, goes by X. We are very first name basis here on yeah, the top yeah. podcast. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your cultural background? Absolutely. So my, I get my sense of humor from my grandfather, my late grandfather. Um, and he was well aware of our multiracial background. So back in the day, you had to pick a side pretty much. Like you were black or you were white. There's no other, there's no options. So he would tell people if they asked his children, because he had eight kids and they all look completely different. And if you tried to guess our ethnicity, 90% of the chance you would be wrong because that's just how wonderful my background is. But um, technically, both my grandparents are from Washington, D.C. But my grandfather would tell us, if somebody asks you what you're mixed with, you say your mother and your father. Well, if they ask you what you are, you say human. And if it was, if they kept asking, no, what are you mixed with, you say Heinz 57. So, <laughs> because Heinz 57. people would look at us and try to guess, like my one uncle that's like, oh, you're definitely Mexican. And he'd be like, no, I'm definitely not. Not to offend anyone's race, but he would just say, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm from D.C. I was born in Anacostia. So my grandfather, his parents, or his father was African-American, but light enough to pass for white. And they did that most of their life until my great-grandfather married his wife, who was a little browner. And when they had their first daughter, who came out browner, they said, you can come to the house, but the brown baby can't. So then that caused a risk in the family, and they separated and identified only as African-American, not mixed, until my father met my, or my, excuse me, my grandfather met my grandmother. My grandmother's name was Carmelita Orsalina Javier. She is half Washington, D.C. African-American and half Filipino. Her father came to America when he was 16 or 17 and joined the Navy. So he was fresh out of the Philippines, out of Capiz, actually, which is a small island off of the main island. Um, came to America with hopes and dreams, didn't speak English, and fell in love with a beautiful black woman named Ann Atkins from Anacostia, D.C. So... Technically, both my parents are African-American or identify as African-American, but I have chosen to grasp all of our cultures and try to share them with my children. So I identify as multiracial, as Asian-American and African-American. That is beautiful. You know one of my favorite? Absolutely beautiful. I I love everything about various cultures, but my favorite is like, I'm always interested in, in how to eat and what they eat. Yes. And I know cooking at your house must be a blast. It's probably why I love food because it's in my, it's in my DNA. Wow. <laughs> Another oh, fun fact, my great, my great grandfather, whose name was Fernando Javier, served as a chef in the White House. Wow. Nice. Boy, Very fun fact. President Carter, I have to look it up, but whatever president was, he was eating good in the White House because he had his own Filipino chef. Oh, okay. That is dope. Cool. Should we dig into this story? So on that note, 
Yeah, we should. On that note, we're going to talk about um, an article that was on people.com. And I was so excited that it was about an athletic trainer. The Lakers head athletic trainer talks about making history in the NBA. And um, it's really been a blessing. And she's talking about um, her career and how she became the first female athletic trainer um, in the NBA in August. Uh, is, it, is it the first? Yeah, of an NBA team in August of 2019. Um, and so we're, that's something cool to do because she is also um, an Asian American Pacific Islander. So in honor of um, or in celebration or recognition of Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, we have Miss Xavier Santiago on who just told us her very rich cultural background. And then um, we have this nice article um, that's not only about athletic training um, on people, like People Magazine, talking about athletic trainers, like that in and of itself is just great. Um, and I don't know if you guys had a chance to like really look at the article, um, <clears throat> but she talks a lot about um, something that stuck out to me um, was when they asked her with the promotion to head athletic trainer in 2019, you made history in the league. Did you feel any pressure being the first ever female head athletic trainer of an NBA team? And her response was, I don't see it as any different pressure than anybody that's taking a head role. I like to say that my role was given because of my hard work, um, not so much about being um, male or female. And I feel like anybody that's taking a head role, I think the pressure is about the same, right? I think for the community, though, it's not necessarily pressure, but it's just representing, trying to represent the best that I can for the young females out there and trying to just do my job. I know that I've done something right. I don't feel like it's extra pressure. I just feel like, hey, you have to kind of stand out for the females, but just do your job, do your job right, and everything should flow. That really was profound um, and stuck out uh, to me. And those are definitely words to to think about and, and kind of press on for to me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Ironic, well, not ironically, but in the same note when they were interviewing um, Tiffany Morton and the, the, when they were celebrating that, the fact that the Super Bowl was having so many women involved on the sidelines and medical staff and the coaching staff, she keeps getting asked, you know, like, how does it feel to be one of the first females in the NFL? And she responded in the same fashion that it didn't like I didn't strive that wasn't my goal I just want to do my job well and yes I know that I'm representing for a underrepresented class but I didn't seek out to do my accomplishments for that reason I just thought to be the best athletic trainer I could be and the bonus that you all get is that I'm an African-American woman on the sidelines so now you kind of got you guys kind of get to see what you've been missing out on is how I took it. Like my greatness is here. It should have been here, but now that it is here, I'm glad to be here. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tiffany Morton with the Kansas city chiefs. Um, and, yes, absolutely. and thank you uh, for people like you kicking the door down for people coming behind you. Um, hopefully it's, it's a, it's the start of people recognizing that uh, females can do these jobs. 
and this it sounds like a something you say when you want to kiss up, but it's it's to me it's not very different than um when people make decisions on what jobs folks are qualified for based on how they look, based on their race, based on the amount of money that they make yeah. or where they come from. So um I think it's just another barrier that's been torn down and some people put in work, you know, before these ladies and people will continue to put in work after these ladies. And um, hopefully it's something we can, so we can look back and say, remember when uh, I think her name is Rico Iso for the Pittsburgh yep. Steelers um, became the first female to be hired in the NFL. And then you have people like uh, Sue Falzone, shout out to Sue Falzone uh, out at AT still university is um, she's one of my, uh, former professors who's the first uh, female in a major league baseball. First female yep, athletic trainer. So, yep. So yep. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mention, sorry, Brandon. I didn't mention her name. <laughs> her name is Nina Shea. Oh yes. With the, with the Lakers. Shea. So um, yeah. congratulations and thank you for, for, uh, for being the first and, uh, also, thank you for your humility and, and recognizing that you didn't set out to be the first. You just set out to be the best. And uh, that's an attitude that everybody should have. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for blazing that trail. Yes, indeed. All right. So let's jump into this interview. All right. All right. Let's do it. This discussion. This is going to be so I'm much trying fun. to keep my giggles. Try to keep my laughter to a minimum. Let's this see is, how that goes. This is a giggle, <laughs> giggle friendly zone. I was gonna say I'm not gonna try to keep mine to a minimum. In respective time, it's the only reason I said it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell us um, a little bit about your journey to becoming involved um, at the state level level in the DCATA? So I've all, I'm, I'm from the area. I was born in uh, Greater Southeast Community Hospital, Southeast D.C. doesn't really even exist anymore. That's how old I am. But I was born in D.C. and lived between D.C. and Maryland all of my life. So even when I went away from school, went away for school, trying to find where I wanted to work, you know, when you're young and you don't have any responsibilities, just a whole bunch of school debt. You're bouncing around, eating ramen, working 44-hour days for $250 a day, just doing what you want to do, try to figure out life. But I always wanted to come back home. I have a little brother that's really close to me, and uh, he was in high school when I was finishing up grad school. So I came back home to kind of help out with him. And um, I've always looked up to the D.C. athletic training, uh, the D.C. public school athletic trainers, and always wanted to be a part. Secondary school is the area I love to serve. I love to work with kids. I love to be a sounding board for them. I love to teach them. So once I got back home, I was working at a secondary high school in Maryland, a couple of different ones, had my kids, took a break, worked for a public school and a community college, found my way back to DC. But even like my resume says, even in undergrad, even all the way back to high school, I've always had a heart for serving. And I guess that's, I'm, where I find my role in leadership is I'm definitely a servant leader. I don't aim to be the head of anything. I'm always one that wants to work in the background, wants to help out as best I can and give my blood, sweat, tears, and time and these little bit of talents that I have to help make whatever I'm a part of as great as it can be. So once I finally got back home, 
um, and started working for DC, I was like, well, let's, let's see what I can do, see where I can fit in and work in, in the background. And when the secretary position came open for our state organization, I was like, ooh, that's me. Not president, not vice president. I'm not good at counting, so I'm not going to be the treasurer. But I can take <laughs> some pretty good notes. So I can sit here and write down whatever you're saying and be the secretary. So I, I, that was my open door. I ran um, to be the secretary and pretty much asked the president and vice president. I read the bylaws and all of the, like, what you're supposed to do. And then I just asked my president and vice president at the time, what do you need help with? What do you need me to do? And that's what I'll do. So actually, the, I guess one of my biggest accomplishments thus far is we just held our first annual state symposium. And it was at 76 registrants, which is our biggest event in DCATA history. Mm-hmm. And we were able to offer six CEUs instead of the one that we normally offer. Because normally we'll do a business event and one doctor will talk for an hour and Here's one CEU. So this time we were able to offer six, three category A's and three EBPs. And we did it during COVID or during, yeah, this is still COVID. We won't call it post COVID yet because people out here still dying and news just not reporting it. So we did it during COVID. Wow, I was super proud, super tired, but super proud that we were able to put it on, but also to offer the topics that we offered to my fellow athletic trainers. We had a mental health expert that is actually not an athletic trainer. She happens to be married to a former athletic trainer who's now a PA. Um, shout out to Dr. T.M. Robinson Mosley of Mosley Consulting. She works with athletics. And she's familiar with athletic training, and she was so gracious to give us a topic to kind of spin off of the one we had in the winter. Dr. Donita Valentine talked about surviving a dual pandemic. So we had Dr. Dave. People loved it so much they asked for more. So we brought in another healthcare or health mental health professional. You get my words in line <laughs> to talk about self care specifically for athletic trainers. And we had some come in and talk about emergency care and concussion care and diversity, equity and inclusion. The matter report, shout out to Dr. Brandon Holland and Miss Rachel Moore for putting together the Maryland Athletic Training Association Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Report. I think I got all the important words in that title. So it was just awesome to bring. I'm, I'm super passionate, so to see all of the things that I was super passionate about line up and be able to offer that education to other athletic trainers and then seeing their feedback come in on their surveys that they enjoyed it and they learned from it. It's just super exciting for me. I've, this has been a great week. Tired. That's, that's great. Awesome. <laughs> it is, and, and that that's that's what you you see what can happen when you get fresh ideas. You know, new people to come up and and work together and collaborate and shake things up. Yeah, and I didn't. I thought, oh, like I said before, I was super humbled. I didn't even really know why you guys want to talk to little old me because I I never feel like what I'm doing is that important. But having to think about it, like when you guys pose the question about service. That's all it really is, is putting your great ideas out there or collaborating with other great thinkers and bouncing ideas off of each other and putting it out there so that people, like-minded people, can join in or can learn or you can put fresh ideas out there. Like when I'm just sitting here with my kids, I don't think my ideas are that great or bouncing them off my husband who gets annoyed talking about athletic training every day. (laughs) He'll tell me, just do it. Like, just stop talking to me about it and just do it. 
And I'm like, oh, I don't know. But that that is the takeaway from this. If you're thinking about serving or thinking about helping, just do it. Because if you're thinking about it, it's a great idea and we need it. But if you don't put it out there, then the world will never know. So you got to put it out there. So that sounds like that's kind of what motivated you to volunteer your time because it was like you said, you're tired. That's a lot of work, a lot of collaborating, a lot of meeting, a lot of pull, pulling things together. Um, and that, that what you just talked about, like when you, at the end of the day, when you think about what you pulled off and what you accomplished, that's kind of your motivation to bring together people, like-minded people to get those ideas out there for our profession. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so you talked about uh, getting into the DCATA at the state level, and um, it's awesome. What uh, motivated you to, would you call it a step up by becoming involved at the district level, or what was the, what was the driving force that, that uh, made you um, try, to, try to reach for a district position? Dr. Darnie to Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I saw it, and I've always, EDAC is one of my favorite parts of NATA ever since the first time I went to one. And I went to my first town hall. It was, like, amazing seeing all of those beautiful, like, the spectrum of beautiful certified athletic trainers that on paper we represent a very, very small portion of all of the certified athletic trainers. But to see all of the beautiful black, brown, yellow, red, all of that in one room, it was like walking onto a Coming to America set. Like it was an after walking through the halls and seeing people and you're all alone and then going to the town hall and seeing people that look like you with natural hair, it was amazing. So I've been hooked on the EDAC town hall ever since then. And then when I found out that I had just missed a day of service, service is my jam. I love serving um, in any way possible locally. So even when I found out that we were serving the city that we were in, like, Hey, we're not just going to come to your city and eat your food and shop while we're here for convention, but we're going to give back to the local youth. I wasn't like, yep, this is the spot for me. So every year since 2010, yeah, every NATA that I've been to since 2010, I've been one of the first people in line to do their day of service. But I never wanted to, I guess, be responsible or never wanted to be one of the leaders because I do see um, leadership roles as a big deal. So I was like, nah, just usual, usual me. I'll just be in the background, let me know what you need help with, but I'm not going to be a leader. But then when our district EDAC came up, Dr. Valentine was like, yeah, this is perfect for you. And I was like, oh, it's kind of big. It's the whole district. Like, I don't know. And she was like, no, you're passionate. You have all these great ideas. Do it. So even down to, like, the last day to apply, I was still like, mm, no, I'll just support whoever runs and do whatever they say do. But then I found like, girl, just apply. Just put all of your passion on paper. Send it in. All they can say is no. And they didn't. They picked me. <laughs> And I'm so excited to be involved at the district level and get to collaborate with the different states in all of my region, from West Virginia all the way down to South Carolina. We have some great state reps. We actually have a state rep for every state in our district. So I'm just super excited. Pardon my fur baby. I'm just super excited 
to get to work. And I have big shoes to fill behind Brittany Brown. Shout out to Brittany Brown. She's been holding my hand this whole transitional period to make sure that I feel comfortable and I know what I'm doing and helping me get over any bumps that may come up. So, yeah, shout out to Dr. Valentine for giving me the push off the cliff. And shout out to my district for picking me. Awesome. And again, shout out to, to Brittany Brown. Isn't she an awesome person? She is. She is always happy. So she's so my, kind. One of my favorite things about she her. She is. Sounds like, like. Like whatever she's doing right now, she's happy. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, oh, I, gotta, I hope my comedy can replace her happy because I'm definitely not as happy as her. But I got jokes for days. <laughs> so we'll see how this works. That is awesome. We'll see how this transition works. <laughs> All right. Can I go off the rails? Yeah, even though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. No, I was going to say, even in our last text message exchange, she was like, if you feel comfortable, if you need anything, let me know. She's just, she's awesome. Can't wait. Nervous to fill her shoes, but can't wait to get started. Excellent. I was going to ask if we can go off the rails just a tiny bit. Because Absolutely. Everybody has a, a crazy, not crazy, but a unique kind of story about how they found EDAC. Um. So for me, I was in Baltimore at a convention and two ladies walked up to me, two black ladies and said, where are you going? And I said, I don't know. And they said, you're going to this meeting. Never told me their names. I still don't know their names to this day. Still don't know their names to this day. And I said, what meeting? She said, you don't know about the town hall? I said, yeah, I thought we already did it. She's like, no, not that one. This one. You're going to this one. And I said, yes, man. They said it with such authority and command that it was like, you can't say no to these strangers. But, you know, you, you could have been getting thrown in a white van. You know you what? didn't know where you would go. I'd have been gone. <laughs> I'd have been wrapped up. But they like, you You going to this meeting. And then it was just like you described. Like, you walk. I was like, oh, there's there's a lot of them. There's a lot. Because yeah. I was kind of um, I was kind of misled early in my career. I want to say misled. Mm-hmm. So I went to Frostburg State. Donita and I both went to Frostburg State. We had a lot of diversity in our in our student pool there. So there were a lot of diverse mm-hmm. athletic training students. And then one of my first places that I worked was, was per diem, but it was, that was away from Frostburg State was University of Maryland. And in their program, mm-hmm. I met uh, I met uh, Daryl. What's Daryl's last name? Conway. Conway. Yep. Yes. Forgive me for forgetting your name, Daryl. Shout out to Daryl Conway. <laughs> um, I met Kala Flag, Terry G. Um, uh, what's the young lady's name? That's a, I think she's a PA now. Crap. I cannot remember her name. I got brain fart, but, <laughs> but I was like, Oh, there's a lot of black people in athletic training. And then it, it turns out I was just lucky in those two places. Because virtually yep. everywhere else that I worked since then, like I was the diversity. Yeah. So it's Max something. Her last name similar. is Max something. I have a McElroy. similar story. So growing up in from Maryland, McElroy from Maryland, I'm going to have to look it up. It's, um, her name was uh, Nikki. 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 Yes. Shout out to Nikki yeah. McElroy. She's probably not. I hope you listen to this. Nikki's got an awesome family now, and she's uh, she's doing some great things with her life. But shout out to you, to your ma'am. And um, but yes, I just so everybody. How did you find an EDAC? So similar story. I grew up in a colorful house, as I told you earlier. But I'm I'm from Maryland. I'm from 
PG County, Maryland, which is one of the um, most African-American counties in the state. So, I mean, I'm used to seeing diversity. I grew up by military base. I'm used to seeing people of different color, but I'm not used to being the person of color and having to represent for multiple races, like whatever race somebody thinks I am. I'm not, I wasn't used to that. Then I went to Temple where it's super diverse. Um, so I graduated with people from all backgrounds. And then I interned at Michigan State. <laughs> and I was out. It was just me, Shay, and Luann. So Luann, once we got to shout out to Luann Jefferson, took us right up under her wings. And when she saw us at conference, she pretty much did the same thing. You're coming with me. All right. I mean, you kept the safe in East Lansing, Michigan, so I trust you. Let's move on. And then she opened the door, and I was like, is this the best kept secret of MATA? So, like, because even being in a small program and there being a handful of diversity and then going somewhere where you are the only, it's like, oh, is this how it's going to be all my career? Because, I, like, I want to go back home. Is this how it's going to be when I'm out on my own? Because at home there were more people of color. Not that it was um, an offensive position or I didn't think bad happened to me, but there's something about being the only, something about isolation and being lonely that does something to your confidence even. As being a young athletic trainer and being out on your own is one thing, but being a young black female athletic trainer where eyes on you are different than if you were back in undergrad where there was diversity as opposed to representing for the whole culture and not being equipped to do so it was a lot to handle. So that was very refreshing after spending a year as the representative for multiracial people in East Lansing, Michigan. Right. And not having, I, I didn't know, I was. I studied for the DLC. I didn't know I was studying for that as well before I got there. So then getting to EDAC, it was St. Louis in 2008, I guess. Yeah, good old St. Louis was my very first EDAC. I still to this day have Miss B's business card. Shout out to Miss uh, Patricia Billingsley-Cox. I still have her Dunbar athletic training business card from my very first EDAC town hall. Because I met her and I'm pretty sure I looked like I had that face of this is amazing on and she walked up to me and introduced herself and gave me her business card. I still have Dr. Donita Valentine with the entire alphabet behind her name business card before she was Dr. Valentine. I still have both of those from my very first EDAC town hall. But it is kind of like how you said, you just get snatched up in the hallway and brought in. I actually talked to Ms. B about this because we were talking about how to connect the younger athletic trainers with the EDAC town hall to make sure that they know when you are in a job where you feel alone or need some type of support or need a mentor to talk to that looks like you or has been through what you've been through, that EDAC does exist. But you've gone from the generation that just snatches you in the hallway to the social media generation and there's a divide between the two that we were talking about how to bring together because there's still that snap you in the hallway generation but now the generation will be too busy on Twitter and Instagram when they're walking through the hallway to get snatched right so we got to figure out how to the, the virtually snatch people and then of course the last we've had to go through two VNATAs so Social media has been a blessing as well, though. Like, we got podcasts popping out of COVID. Shout out to Top That Podcast. Yes, indeed. Starting during the pandemic. So we, we do have people thriving, but there's 
you just have to kind of merge the two generations from the, the getting snacks in the hallway to now popping up in your DMs to make sure that you're part of EDAC. That's a great point. Oh. So, Dr. V, is she there? Hello, unapologetic Sorry. athletic Sorry. trainer. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you got I was, um No, I was um, using my keyboard, and I didn't want the to get picked up, and uh, so I had it on mute. Okay. Um, yeah, so. Um, I want to hear clack. I, I didn't want that to drown you guys out. Are you talking? Um, I um, I think I, it was Miss B. It was uh, Xavier. Already gave her a shout out. Uh, I got to give her a shout out too, Miss uh, Patricia Billingsley Cox, who was it's like, for uh, a moment, yes. Uh, make sure you're at EDEC in the morning. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And then that's actually where I met Xavion. Um, I actually think it was New Orleans because I've never been to St. Louis. So I, I think it was New Orleans. That, that was like the first time. Yep. <clears throat> the first time. That was where I met you. So that it wouldn't have been um, St. Louis for me. So when I met you, was, and that was how we met. And it's been blissful ever since. <laughs> <laughs> You've been throwing me um, under buses and pushing me off cliffs ever since. <laughs> and it has made me a better athletic trainer every time. That's why I'm just trying to show you that you can fly, baby. Use the wings. So, um, what, if any, were some barriers or challenges um, that you experienced when you were pursuing any of your volunteer positions? And how did you over overcome them? So I was sitting here thinking back to uh, my voluntary positions because I've been active since athletic training, actually, or since undergrad. I actually started some fundraisers in undergrad, and was, as my resume says, the president of our organization. But the main thing that's gotten in my way or been a barrier has actually been myself. I've done a lot of self-sabotage or overthinking or, like I said before, being too humble and not applying for positions or not seeking out roles because I didn't think I was qualified. And I learned it probably from my husband, actually, because he has the, um, I can't think of the appropriate word, but he is like, just apply for it anyway. Just do it. Like, if you tell yourself no, then they don't get the opportunity to tell you no. But if you apply for it and they like what they see, then what have you lost other than some printer paper? Because we old school and you had to put your resume on fancy paper. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you're right, you're right. So but I, I, the big, biggest barrier to my journey has been myself and not being fully confident and just going out there and having to be pushed off of cliffs instead of jumping off of them. Because you can still make a difference in the background and be active in the background. There are different levels um, of participation and different levels of leadership. And if you don't want to be the face of the organization, there's plenty of people in the background being the secretary that can't count. That's why they're not the treasurer. 
<laughs> and that that is golden information right there. Everything that you said, like getting out of your own way, that's key. Like a lot of people just feel like, you know, why would they want a person like me? We just yeah. we want, they most places want somebody who's interested. So if you're interested, let's take it from there. So that's key. But also working in the background, like Alicia Keys wouldn't be anybody without her background singers, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's a lot to be said. And most of the magic happens in the background. Like you can't harmonize by yourself. So I like that. Absolutely. That's where the magic usually takes place. That's going to be my new quote. You can't harmonize by yourself. That's <laughs> that should be on a t-shirt. Don't give me any logo. ideas. Hey, yeah, don't give me any ideas in the background. Hey, you're like right, writing your microphone on your logo. There it is. Pop that logo uh, and can't be your own uh, background. You can't harmonize by yourself. I like it. I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I always say to people who are asking advice um, about whether or not they should apply. Um, when you talk to people, their belief in them, themselves becomes apparent or it's evident that it's lacking. It'll be, it'll be one or the other. Mm-hmm. It'll show itself or it'll show that it's not there. And um, one of the things I always say to young people is, um, I mean, you have to take a chance on yourself, right? And if, yep. if, if I'm a person who's in charge of hiring someone and – you you won't you don't take a chance on yourself. Why should I take a chance on you? You know, so um, don't be afraid. Uh, get out of your way. I have that conversation with a lot of people. Um, not trying has killed way way more dreams than than failing. So absolutely, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. You're worth it if you're listening to this and you have a question about whether or not you you deserve a shot. The fact that you are eligible, the fact that you meet the qualifications is is enough. So own it. Own your opportunity. And people remember that you've reached out or that you volunteered or that you even created an opportunity for yourself. If, If there isn't a position open for you at your local, state, or regional level, then just reach out. might not be something posted or it might not be election time, but there might be an event that they need help with or something that you could help with that you're t- you have a talent and there's a niche for it somewhere. So if there isn't anything posted or it isn't necessarily knocking down your door, look into what you want to do and see what's available. Awesome. I know in DC we can use some help. So if you're in the DC <laughs> area, <laughs> we got some positions open. We could always use some help. And um, MAAPA is also looking for some help with the meeting planner. So if you're interested in that, yeah. Or if if you're a negative Nancy and you don't like the way that something is going, the only way to change it is to be a part of it. Get involved, yes. Say it louder for the people in the back. Yeah. Turn all them complaints into something positive. Just blowing hot air into your own mask at this point if you're not going to do mm. about it. <laughs> love it, love mm. it, love it. So you talked about service a little bit earlier. <laughs> and um, so can you describe some of the ways that volunteering has helped you give back to the profession? 
Uh, absolutely. So locally, I before at BC before children, I had more <laughs> spare time, and I would uh, volunteer at local events like the Race for the Cure. I would be in the medical tent, or um, I know DCAPA is big at helping with the Rock and Roll Marathon. It'll be back in the fall. I can't wait. Um, but it's also a great way to get out there what our profession is. Because everyone, not everyone, but a good number of people, when they hear athletic trainer, they're like, oh, so you can make me an exercise program? Have you seen my gut? No, I can't help you exercise. I'm going <laughs> to exercise myself. When you find you a good trainer, let me know. We can work out together. But, or if they see me setting up my massage table, this actually happened last week. I set up my table to help. Um, my pitchers and catchers with their Monday recovery because we pitched over the weekend. So I pulled out the table and pulled out my uh, cups and my floss and was getting ready to get to work. And one of the people on the track was like, oh, you give him massages? No, ma'am. I'm an athletic trainer as my shirt, as my t-shirt says in big, bold letters. But it gives an opportunity to educate the public who has these preconceived notions about our field based on our name. We've gone back and forth about changing the name. But what's the point of changing the name if we aren't even educating people currently about the name and about our credentials and about what we can do? So volunteering is a great way to do that. A good way to educate the public is to be in the public and serving the public. And oh, by the way, I'm doing it in my representation with the AT in the middle matters t-shirt to get out the message that I want to get out. So it's a great way to educate people on our amazing profession and to give back to the local communities while we're doing it. That's awesome. 100%. So, Xavier, mm-hmm. what's, what's next for you as an athletic trainer? Like, what's, what's next? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been that person with like a five-year plan or a 10-year plan. Um, I just want to be the best at what I'm doing. So I do have in the back of my mind, especially after binging all of these virtual CEUs and getting ready to binge some more with with, uh, NAATA and VNATA, I've been taking a bunch of like notes of things to look up and things to research for my own students. And I'm always seeking to improve my level of care for my student athletes, no matter where I am. If I'm, currently, I'm at School Without Walls, and I absolutely love it. I love my students. I love my athletic director. Shout out to Kit Smith, who took me in with open arms and has made me like an associate AED and an athletic trainer. Anything he's involved in, he pulls me right into the gym, into the meetings and the booster club, and just made me a part of the Penguin family from day one. So it's been welcoming. The kids are finally, after being there for three and a half years, are finally figuring out that I'm not just here to tell them they can't play or tell them they're missing their paperwork, but I'm here to help them with their college aspirations. I got to mentor my first student this year with his senior project, and he's actually going to major in kinesiology and aerospace science, I believe is the other fancy word. That is huge. I'm so excited. I've seen some of my other students in the past because I am old. I have some students now who are actually certified and out practicing on their own from my first secondary school job. Those things bring me pure joy and excitement. So 
my next plan is to tighten up everything that I had, work on my emergency action plan this summer. Um, I have actually recorded some educational stuff for our student body and our parents during the pandemic. And I want to keep that going since this virtual window has opened during COVID. I want to keep it going and do some in-person training when we're back live and in action, but also have the recorded version available for anybody who missed it. Pretty much just doing a SWOT analysis of myself professionally and personally and striving to get better every day. As far as my EDAC role is concerned, um, I'm excited to make sure all of our states from West Virginia all the way down to South Carolina are receiving the resources that they need to receive as well as providing cultural competency and education to their specific state and any ideas that they have supporting them in the best way that I can while bridging the gap from our national level to our state level while working on the regional side of things and just being, just being used as much as I can be while I am holding this position. That is a phenomenal response. That is amazing. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> and you said you weren't interesting. <laughs> so I don't think I'm interesting until I get on like my passionate soapbox because I am a diehard athletic trainer. I love everything about it. In my younger days, I even got into some altercations uh, verbally with physical therapists about athletic training. Um, I've learned how to work with them professionally now. It's, it's a growth process. I'm better. But I was calm. Yes, I'm still working on that. Christ for me. The core. I'm working on it. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I used to be diehard, like athletic training or nothing. I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> but she never she she never gets off of her athletic training passion soapbox. I don't. Ever. I don't. I even talked to a pre K class about it this year. I really doesn't matter how old you are, I'm I'm gonna tell you that I love athletic training and you should too. And the pre K kids okay. loved it. So hopefully mm. in 14 years when they're seniors in high school, they'll remember about my talk about saving, helping people, and they'll want to do it too. We'll see. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know how my research, my 18 or 14 years of research goes when my four-year-old is <laughs> a high school senior. I'll see if any of his classmates still like athletic training. Because I'm going to be pushing it wow. for the next 14 years. Wow. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Thank you so much for all of your wisdom and all of your insight and all of your passion. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. It's good to hear your voice. It is. I miss you. (laughs) Virtual life sucks. (laughs) We'll be back to normal one day. Yeah. We'll be able to hug and not elbow bump. I'll be able to see your smiling face and not a mask. Wonder, we're getting there. Get your vaccination. We're getting there. <laughs> to the listeners. Because my podcast, people are vaccinated. But to the listeners. Fully vaccinated. Yes, indeed. That's right. That's right. Wash your hands. Have your mm-hmm. coughs and sneezes. Yep. <laughs> let's start there. Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's keep that in, in the, let's keep that trending. Keep it in rotation. Yes. Please. yes. <laughs> Learn some important uh, life skills during quarantine. Let's keep it going. But yes, thank you for having me and letting me talk your ear off about my favorite thing. One of my favorite things. My family is definitely my favorite thing. But my second favorite thing is athletic training, and I can go on about it forever. But thank you for letting me talk your ear off this evening about it.
Thank you for joining us. So uh, I ask every guest, um, do your social media, and if you do, what can people do to follow you? I do. have personal one is blocked, but my professional one is up and running for anyone to follow. It is Penguin ATC. We are the School Without Walls Penguins. So it is Penguin ATC on Twitter and Instagram. That's on Twitter. It's Penguins ATC on Twitter and Instagram. Yep, I'm old, so sometimes my Twitter I just be tw- I just be watching people. I don't actually ever tweet. I'm gonna get better at that at the EDAC chair. You know what? But, Yo, <laughs> Twitter is exhausting. It is. I can't spell. <laughs> I don't have time to be typing stuff and then misspelling it and somebody uh, screenshotting it and talking about. Look at her. She can't even spell. I don't have time for that. But pictures. I'm good. Instagram, <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> Can't misspell a picture. You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Jimmy Fallon this week, and uh, Dave Chappelle said, Twitter is like the bathroom wall of social media. <laughs> he said, that's why I don't use Twitter that much. So he's on there, but he doesn't post very much. I'm trying to get better at yeah. At I got Facebook down, but I'm trying to get better at Twitter and Instagram, and I just... I feel like it moves too fast. Yeah, it does. I tried. Like if you tag me in something, it's going to take me a minute. I some somehow my DMs are set up that if I don't follow, if you don't follow each other, you can't send me a message. Somebody told me that. I don't know how to fix that. So Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) if you need to reach me, Instagram would be the best. But I am going to get better at Twitter. But right now, Instagram is probably the best. That is awesome. So Penguins ATC on Instagram and Twitter. That is me. But Instagram is the Peng- best. That is dope. Yes. Because I'm good at taking, I'm not, but not good, but I can take some pictures of my kids kicking balls and swinging bats and put it on there. I'm good at Instagram. Do you have a, a little one playing football? No, sir. Oh, that's somebody else. <laughs> He would love to play football, but his athletic trainer, Mommy, will not let him until his brain develops a little bit further. And we have a few less baby teeth. I dig My it. babies are in T-ball at the moment. That's what it was. It was T-ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. My babies and my my lovely nephew are all, my, my youngest son and my nephew are on the same team. All three boys are doing T-ball right now. Daddy may be able to convince Mommy to let him play flag football in the nearest future, but... You know, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> That's a conversation that that'll be a fun topic because I, we had this conversation mm-hmm. with my wife about my youngest son wanted to play football. He, he does uh, play football. He played pre-pandemic. He didn't play this past year, but um, having a discussion and one of her things was about concussions. She's like, "Is it mm-hmm. safe?" And I said, mm, "Define safe." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So is yeah for me that's mommy Trump the athletic trainer in me when that happens so yeah I was like and if I I the coach will be sick of me because when we do decide to play the coach is gonna have like a whole interview about his his practice policy and his concussion policy and is he up to date on all his trainings so they're probably gonna be like hey yo you can't play because your mother so we'll see how it goes when I decide to let him play but it'll definitely be a discussion. Okay, hang on. Donita got dropped, so I'm going to try to add her back in. Okie dokie. Hello? 
Jeg er Nitte. Hello? Hello? Yeah, hello? I'm gonna try to add you back in. Okay. Hello? Hello? Are we all on? Dr. Valentine, are you here? Oh, crap. It's doing this again. It does this like an hour into every episode now. Let me hang up and call you both right back. Okay, cool. Okay. Oh, boy. Technology, everybody, doesn't want us to be great. But we're almost finished, though. Bear with us. We're wrapping it up. Hello. Hey. So it's doing that again. I got to figure that out. So I'm going to call Xavion and add her back in. Hello. Hello. Okay, I think I got it now. Uh, is everyone here? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, it does that like an hour into every episode now. We just start to get kicked out. I think it's um, I think it's my, my equipment's way of telling us we talk too much. <laughs> oh, oh wow but um you got, you got some rude equipment good gracious <laughs> send this thing back get me a refund what a, <laughs> what a great episode thank you for for stopping by thank you so much for inviting me and having me that was a blast dr v you got anything you want to you want to add no awesome <laughs> Well, I'll add this. I said it at the beginning of the show. I'm going to say it again. If you want to, please, please, please follow us. Like, share, tell your friends to tell their friends. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at the underscore top underscore DAT. You can follow us at LinkedIn at top-DAT1. Or you could text top DAT, all one word, to the number 55469. That's text top dat to 55469. You can have all of this cool stuff. Um, sent right to your phone via SMS. If that's something you want to do, we, we're working out all of the angles. So I'm excited about that. Also, um, please like follow and share us wherever you listen to your podcast and tell your friends. It goes a long way. It really helps us out. So that's it, everybody. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you. On behalf of our, our awesome guest, Mrs. Xavion Santiago, I am Brandon Holland, the Uplift Athletic Trainer, telling you to remember that the difference between a good day and a bad day is your outlook. Change your attitude, change your life. And I am the unapologetic AT, Dr. Donita Valentine. And I want to remind you that you're doing it all for nothing if you don't stand up for something. And we also learned today that you can't harmonize by yourself. You can't. <laughs> I would get my wife trademark. to put that on a t-shirt yes we gotta trademark that <laughs> you can't harmonize by yourself alright everybody thanks for joining us for another episode of the Top DAT Podcast tune in next Tuesday for a new episode also we're still looking for your feedback if you want to hit us up on Outlook at um, top underscore DAT at Outlook.com Send us your info. Hit us in the DMs. Let us know what shows you would like to hear. Give us your ideas. We'd love to hear from you. All right, everybody. Stay safe. Until next time. Peace. Peace.